We are digital nomads. We work anywhere. We're not limited by location. We're not limited by self-belief. We are works in progress. I'm Beck Power, and this is the Nomad Me Podcast. Kit Whalen is my pancake BFF. We have eaten pancakes together in multiple countries, and Kit is the person you would want standing next to you at a party where you didn't know anyone. She is a founder of 7 and 7, which is a conference for nomads I go every year, and she also runs a successful social media business. This is our Kit Nomads. Let's do this. Kit Whalen! Back Tower! How are you? I am so excited to talk to you. Like, uh, I wish we talked more. We should just do a daily podcast where we just talk about things. I love that. I love that. I was going to say weekly, but daily sounds good too. No, daily, all the way. <laughs> Back power, go big or don't do it at all. I know. That's exactly right. And uh, I just feel like if we did it daily, eating that many pancakes would be really uh, bad for us. <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah, <laughs> we, we do tend to eat a shit ton of pancakes when we get together. I had pancakes today. I should have sent you a photo. I need to get back in the habit of sending you photos of all my pancakes. I know. That was a good time. Um, I, I was just like trying to name it in my head. I'm like, pancast. Is that a thing? <laughs> oh my God. I guarantee you that probably exists. Someone else <laughs> is already doing a podcast all about pancakes. There's a oh, niche for everyone. <laughs> I know. I know. To give you guys listening a background on how I met Kit, we met, I think I wrote to you like ages and ages ago, but we met in person in Bangkok and, uh, and we just, we met over pancakes. We were like, where should we eat? I was like, I know a good pancake place. And then our friendship was born immediately. And I remember Nick text you, um, your partner, Nick, for those of you who don't know, text you um, if you had been kidnapped or something because we were there for so long. Yeah, I think we were there for like four hours. We may have needed like, like reinforcement pancakes to back us up. <laughs> I know. I know. But we, we definitely uh, get really chatty when we, when we get started. So, ah, okay. Speaking of which. Let's um let's get started with the actual podcast, which uh, people need to find out who you are, and I want you to do your intro, uh, because all right, I don't know, and and but you know just keep it to kind of maybe a minute or something like that, so we can see what you're up to now, really, and who you are. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty good at the intro. So I've been a nomad for almost nine years. I uh, am American originally. I currently for the last nine years I've been running a social media consultancy, which is how I make money. Um, but I'm probably much more well known for being one of the founders of the Seven and Seven Nomad Conference and the host of the Nomad and Spice podcast for location independent women. So that's me in a nutshell. Yay! <laughs> I, I know all of those things and I love them. And we're going to talk about, let's talk about 7 7 soon as well because people who don't know about that should know about it. It's amazing. Ugh, I can't wait to get into it. But, um, let's hear first like, nine years is a freaking long time. That is twice the length of time that I've been a nomad at least. Um, what, like, how did you get started and like, what was it like back then versus how it, it's like now? Oh my God. It's totally different now. Like when, when I got started, the, the term digital nomad was like unknown. Like I did not know what it was. It was not in the zeitgeist. I just desperately wanted to travel as much as possible. And I was like, Oh yeah, I could like do this work 
from anywhere like Thailand. Yeah, they have Wi-Fi there. It'll be fine. So um, I was just so excited to just be traveling. Like that was all it was to me. It was like, I just want to travel. And yes, I will work so my bank account doesn't hit zero. And now, I mean, we have this massive global community. There's a movement. There's like articles in the New York Times every day about being digital nomads. There's all these different ideas about how to be a digital nomad and what it means and what the future is going to look like. And it's like we can talk more in depth about like the future of work and all these sorts of things as opposed to in 2009 i mean it was literally like wow you do this too oh my god we're best friends forever because it was so rare to run into someone else who was doing this like oh my gosh yeah that yeah. would be crazy I, I mean there weren't that many around when i got started that was only like four years ago yeah, it's amazing how fast it's moved. Like if we keep going at this rate, you know, I mean, there's all those stats that like, you know, in the next 10 years, like so much of the global workforce is going to be remote. And so we're just moving in that direction. It's like, it's super exciting to, to be a part of it. And it's really fun to have been around like since the ancient times. So I can like really track how it's moved. Yeah, you must have been through like tons of cool. I mean, I've heard some of your your traveling stories. When you got started, was it like, um, what was it that made you think that it would be okay to do this? Um, well, I'm really lucky that like I grew up with, um, my parents were rather adventurous. Like they, um, kind of lived all over the world when they were growing up before they had me, they lived on a boat in the Harbor of the DC of like right near national airport in Washington, DC. Um, so like, it was not that weird to me to, to want to live around the world. And I, but I did not know that working while traveling was an option. I thought, you know, like you'd have to be some sort of like investigative reporter or, you know, travel guide or something like that. Like, I did not know that this was a thing, obviously. Um, but I, I owe everything to, um, a mentor of mine. So I lived in LA, I was working in an ad agency and I quit to work on the Obama campaign in 2008. And after that campaign was over, I thought like, okay, I guess I have to go back and like get another full-time job. Like I didn't know that there was another option. And um, thank God my boss from the campaign, uh, she was like, well, I run a freelance consulting business and I could use some help. And do you want to do that with me? And I was like, yes, please. That sounds so much better. And so she taught me like how to set up my business, how to send an invoice, all these things that like, you know, she literally just like led me by the hand to, to show me how to do this. So I had set up a freelancing business. And so I was working from my couch in LA and then my partner, Nick, he was working for a startup and his company was bought by a bigger company and shut down. They just fired everyone. They only wanted the technology, you know, that happens. And everyone else was devastated. I was like, yes, this is the best thing that could have happened. Cause I was like, you've got this nice severance package. I've got this freelance work going. I can do it from a couch in Thailand, the same as I can do it from a couch in LA. So let's get the hell out of here. So we did. And I mean that like, what made me think I could do it was like one, I'd already set up my business before I left. So like that was, I was like, this should be fine. And um, I was just so desperate to like, go and see the world. And I was like, I'll fucking figure it out on the way, you know, kind of the power way. Like I'll figure it out as I go. I love it. That it sounds, you sound like such a pioneer to me. You know, it's like nine years ago to be like, you know what? I think I can do this. I mean, I sometimes do stuff and I look around like, is this okay? Am I allowed right. to do this? Right. Yeah. It's like it, 
honestly, and like people ask me the same thing about seven and seven. They're like, you're putting on a conference on seven continents. Like, how did you think you could do it? I'm like, well, I just didn't think that much. (laughs) That's kind of the key. Like if you analyze it too much, if you wait for everything to be perfect, you're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think like having, (laughs) this sounds like bad advice, but think less. (laughs) Think less about things and and just like you know try it because you know I mean I come from a place of privilege where the worst thing that could have happened would be that I had to move back in like to my parents' basement. Mm. So I was able to be like I'm just going to do this and mm. see what happens. And if the money runs out, I will call my mother and she will fly me home, mm-hmm. and everything will be okay. You know. Yeah. So I'm I'm ha- I'm happy that that was the case. Obviously. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. We are, we are really lucky to do what we do for sure. I I feel like, no, it's right. Yeah. (laughs) Like having like all these thoughts. I'm like, yeah, I'm so lucky and grateful. Yeah. Right now is probably not the right time to get into like a big mushy, you know, Hey, I mean, I talked at like, I did an hour long Facebook live last week on nomad privilege. I am very happy to get into that. Those feelings. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) check it out well um let me ask you then when was you know after you'd done that and you'd left the country and you were doing like living your dream how soon after that because i know there's like a it's like a roller coaster for me it was a massive roller coaster um how soon after that were you like holy crap i made it i did it oh god it did you have a load of hard times first or was it just like it's always, yeah. I mean, there are ups, there are downs. I like, cause the goals change. I don't know that I've ever felt like I, I made it because, because I'll tell you about the one time in my life I did. Like I graduated college. I moved to LA, which is the city I wanted to live in. And I got a job and I remember hanging up the phone after like getting the job offer and accepting it and being like, okay, that was it. I made it. Like I did the thing, right? Like I went, I got the degree. I went out to the big city. I got the right job. Like I did it. I, I did it. I had arrived. And then I was like, is that it? Like that was the first thought I had was like, that can't be it. Like that's mm-hmm. can't be over. Like I reached the finish line and now I just like coast for the rest of my life. Like, no, that's like, so that's the one time in life I felt like I achieved it and I was very unsatisfied. So now I live a life where like the goalposts are always moving. Like at first I was just like the first really like probably three years of nomad life. I was like, I just want to travel. That's all I want to do. And that was my priority. And then it shifted to like, okay, I really want to focus on my business and build that up and like increase my expertise. And so I did that for a few years. And then the goalpost shifted again. I wanted to like kind of build a global community for nomads and like shape what the future of this lifestyle looks like, because I was sick of seeing people like drop out because they felt lonely. Mm -hmm. And, and like every few years, my goalposts just shift. So it's not like I ever feel like I made it. It's more like I I move on to the next thing in my life, building on what came before. Yeah. I often think about um, setting those, like setting smaller goals. A lot of people have like, Oh, I want to make a million dollars or I want to do whatever thing. I'm like, okay, great, but what, you know, you have to make $7 first. Yeah. Like, you have to do these things. So if you um, have these constant goals and then reach them and reach them and reach them and reach each one rather than, like, just one thing where you'll finally be, like, one day I've made it. Yeah. I, I, also, yeah, like, what happens on that day? Then what? you like, that's it? Your life is done? Like, no, come on. That's not going to happen. you got to keep challenging yourself. Exactly. Last year I I reached my – you know, the dream day exercise. 
Wait, yeah. out your dream day. I wrote, I wrote it out like five years ago or something. Anyway, last year I had this day that I was like, oh my God, it's the day. And I hadn't even noticed. And I was doing it like most days. I was like, oh, yeah. this is awesome. And I really sat for like, I mean, I probably spent a couple of weeks just being like, this is the best. But then after that, I was like, okay, great. What's next? Yeah. You know, you got, you constantly have to, there's no time where you're just going to be like, okay, well, that was it. Now I'm going to live happily ever after. Like, you got exactly. to be challenging yourself. Exactly. Especially like, I mean, they're most humans. I think it's like, we need that challenge. We need that thing to be working towards. Like people are happy when they're like working towards a goal. It doesn't necessarily have to be work or business, but like some sort of passion that you have. And that's never going to be done. And if it is, I think that's kind of sad. Yeah, you're right. Got to always keep progressing. Yeah. What was the, what was the thing? Progress is equals happiness or something. Mm, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so you, you, we're going to ask you about your good times in a minute, but I want to hear like a time when you're just, I call it crying on the floor. I call it like, cause it, cause I have, you know, I, I really hit rock bottom a few times. I just like along the bottom. So bad. I want to hear about a time when you really felt like it wasn't going to work. Well, some, like it was just, everything seemed like it, you should give up. Have you had a time? Yeah. Like- yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, obviously I've had tough times. Like I think like in the first year, you know, like uh, we, after like traveling, like we did the whole round the world and um, after going all the way around the world, like ended up back in the States, we're in my in-laws basement and we're like really unsure of like what to do next. And like money was running low and it was just like, well, like, how do I go back to school? Just kind of like lost. Mm-hmm. And I've had other times, like I remember being in New Zealand actually, and like feeling sort of at like a point in, with like my, my work or in my business where I was like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Like I didn't have direction. So it's more like I get periods where I feel lost. The periods when I felt low have nothing to do with like the lifestyle. It has to do with like shit that's happened in my life. Mm -hmm. And my lifestyle has actually made those times easier. Like when a family member's gotten sick or something like that. Like the fact that I have the flexibility to fly around the world at the drop of a hat. The fact that I have this great community that I built up with my, my friends and a conference and everything. So like if I need something, if I'm at a real bad point, if I'm just having a tough time, there's like 10 people I can just be like, hey. I need to get, like, can you FaceTime me really quick? I just need to vent. I need to cry. I need to scream. I need to whatever. And, like, just have someone help me through it who understands what I'm going through. Um, Because, I mean, yeah, like, my grandfather got sick and passed away while I was on the road. My dad was diagnosed with cancer while I was on the road. Um, I've had some real shit times. Um, But, honestly, my lifestyle has been the good thing about those times instead of the, the thing that's causing it. No, that's super cool. I, I guess that, yeah, you bring up the importance of having a support network. And that um, that's actually funny because when I was on the floor crying those times, I had zero support network at all. Like I literally yeah. felt like I was the only person in the world, like the worst person in the world, only person who was having this problem who had like no one was there for them, for me and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's so important to get that support network. And that's something I really admire about you is you have the ability to, you know, people just feel close to you and, um, you know, you can, then they're loyal. You know, I'm totally loyal to you. I feel like it's, we're really good friends that would be there for each other. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I feel the exact same way. And I think that 
that is something that is really kind of why I started seven and seven and everything is because I wanted, I saw that other people did not have that. And I was like, I know I would not be where I am today. I don't just mean like still a nomad. I wouldn't be successful. I wouldn't have done most of the things I've done if I didn't have people around me. And a lot of that was luck, but like, it was really like, I think five years ago, I sort of stumbled into a really tight knit group of nomad friends. Like we just sort of all were in uh, Berlin at the same time. And one summer it was magical and everyone hung out all the time. And it was, I'm not necessarily still, I'm still best friends with a few of those people. The rest, not so much, but it was like, it showed me the need to have a tight knit group of people. And now, I mean, like this week alone, I think you're like the 10th or 12th friend I've talked to like video chat or in person. Like I talk to people all the time. So like I've been stressed out cause I've got like 500 projects going on right now. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit, take a moment and like chat. Like there was a friend I chatted with and she's in Bali and I was eating dinner and she was eating breakfast and we just like had a chat over the meal and like just half an hour just to catch up. Just like, Hey, what are you doing? And it's so nice to have that just to know that those people are there just for like nothing things like a breakfast dinner date or for like, Oh my God, my dad has been diagnosed with cancer. Should I fly home right now? Mm-hmm. you know, and like those big, massive conversations. And it's so important to have that. I really don't think that like you can survive really any lifestyle, but especially this one, if you don't have that. hundred percent. I'm totally there with you. Um, it like for people who aren't great at finding those people, like I feel like I'm terrible at it, but I have been really lucky to, um, you know, get a few of those really great friendships just in the last year and create that network for myself. For people who don't have it, what are some ways that they can, like, get out? They may not be, you know, as extroverted as you, or they, but they really want to have people. What, what are some ways that they could start building that network? Absolutely. I, I realize, like, I am um, lucky to be so extroverted. Like, I've literally made friends by walking up to people in the cafe and be like, hi, I'm Kit. And, like, <laughs> crazy, but then you might have a good friend. Um, but I understand not everybody can do that. And I would say, like, events. And I don't just mean like big conferences, like mm-hmm. go to like nomad meetups, find, cause I, I honestly think a lot of people think like, Oh, I just make my community wherever I am at the moment, but then you're going to leave people have a community of people around you that, that are around you all the time that are the global community of people who live like you and understand your problems. Mm -hmm. So even like, you know, there's a ton of Facebook groups, like find a niche Facebook group, like, you know, there's the queer women nomads group and there, you know, people host meetups and say, where are you? Like you could get a coffee with someone. Like someone reached out to me. I was in the women entrepreneurs group of Medellin here and I had made a post and someone was like, Hey, would you like to get coffee? And I was like, yeah, let's get coffee. And like, I didn't know anything about her. She didn't look like a crazy person. (laughs) I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so like little, you know, it can be more intimate, but finding like meetup groups or, you know, and, and finding people in Facebook groups that you can meet up with in real life and having coffee one-on-one, you know, how you and I became friends, Mm -hmm. like just that sort of, you know, finding people who are like you and really you just need like one. And like, that is so important. And then from there, maybe they have someone else who you can meet and, you know, your network just gets bigger from there. Um, I've made a lot of good friends online, like on Facebook or Twitter first before ever meeting them in person. Um, so like, I think, you know, just trying, I know it's hard, but trying to reach out to people, trying to find people, you know, maybe there's a nomad 
book lovers group and you could like have a meet up at a library somewhere, you know, like we have, like, I have a WhatsApp group for like nomad nerds. And like, we talk about like every time there's new Marvel movie or something, we just like go off. And then if people are in town together, they're like, go see a movie or something. And it's just really nice to have that like real feeling of community like what people used to have when they like lived in a village and like saw each other at church every weekend, you know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's cool. Um, well, I mean, that's a, that's a great answer to go to events, right? I mean, going to seven and seven, um, in Bangkok the first year, was that two years ago? I guess a year and a bit ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, two years. To, I know. Feels like not that long ago. Going to that event was like so good for me. You know, like I had just, I just got settled in Bangkok. I was living with Hannah. She was basically my only friend. I was like, okay, well, we better go to this thing. Let's, let's check it out. And I was really nervous because when, I think when you don't have, um, you know, you don't socialize much it's, and you go for a long time without doing it, you get particularly into like a rut. And uh, mm-hmm. going to that event for me was like got me out of the rut. You know, I got to speak on the dating panel and I got to talk to a bunch of people and I got to feel like I have – things to contribute to other humans. Yes. And that is so valuable. Yeah, it really is. Cause I mean, back in the day of crying on the floor, I really felt literally really felt like I didn't have anything to offer. No, like I had nothing to offer humanity whatsoever. And once you get into the practice of talking to people and offering even like even the most ridiculous things as part of a conversation, a joke or uh, anything, people laugh or they respond and you're like, wait a second, I'm not, useless this is this is like okay i can do this that building up confidence until you get super confident like me (laughs) yes be like back (laughs) so yeah it's totally true i was um reading a book recently um by tiffany dufu um for my book club which is another fun way to to meet people um and she recommended a way, like if you were feeling kind of lost, you know, to find like your purpose in life. Um, there was a, a practice that she recommended that was like, you ask the people who are closest to you in your life when they've seen you at your most like happiest or fulfilled or something, you know, pick an adjective, but, and then you get that input from other people and you start to see where your value lies. The trick is you need those other people in your life to do that. But I think that you know, a lot of us, like I totally went like years of feeling like, Oh, I'm not like that special. Like I'm not pretty average. Like, you know, but then when you start, like the things that my friends say to me, like when I'm having a bad day or feeling low, like I have my, like my friends are my confidence, you know, like my friends like, wow, you're so great. You're doing these things. And even if I don't believe it in that moment, Mm. I know them and I trust them and I love them and they believe it. So I, it like gets me back to a place of feeling confident in myself. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I love these combos. <laughs> I think we've already gone over the 20 minutes, I haven't know, we? I know we have. Um, well, <laughs> uh, let's talk about 7 and 7 at the end. And then let me ask you the quick fire, quick fire round. Should we do that right now? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, what? Okay, quick fire round. What is your favorite book? Ooh, that's such a good question. Oh, my favorite book is Binti by Nettie Okorafor. I think you just cut it out. Can you say that one more time? Uh, Okay. My favorite book is Binti by Nettie Okorafor. It's like an Afrofuturism book. It's amazing. Everyone should read it. Okay. 
Great. I never heard of that one. Um, what is your best nomadic memory? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think that my best nomadic memory is probably going, well, I have two. Okay, I have two. First one is that summer in Berlin when I finally like got my people and like sitting in an outdoor cinema with all these nomads and like feeling like I totally belonged for the first time in a long time. And second would be um, glacier hiking in Iceland because it's just the best. <laughs> oh my God, that's on my bucket list for sure. Yeah, well actually like glacier hiking in New Zealand is probably like even more impressive. I haven't even done that one. The Fox Glacier. Oh my God. That's where I fell in love with it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Friends, Yosef and Fox Glacier. Oh my God. I like glacier hiking is like my absolute favorite thing to do because of that. <laughs> That's awesome. I definitely need to do it. I can't believe I've never yeah. There's so much stuff in New Zealand that I'm just like, ah, New Zealand. But I know it's yeah. like amazing, but you know. Yeah, your home country is amazing. <laughs> um, what is your, what is your favorite city to nomad in? Yes, I knew you were going to ask me this. And God, that is a hard question. I am top three. Like, top three. I think like I'm going to go with like London and Hong Kong Ooh. and New York. Wow. I am. If it's like expensive and cold, I love it. Like, it's just, <laughs> you're a big city girl, huh? I am a big city girl, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't help it. Yesterday, someone was asking for like small city recommendations and I couldn't think, I was like, I don't go to those. Like <laughs> I don't have those. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm also a big city girl. Yeah. Um, if you had to settle somewhere for the rest of your life, where would it be? Oh, I don't want to. I know, I know. You don't have to. You don't have to do it. It's just hypothetical. Yeah, I think hypothetical, I would, oh God so hard i like tie probably between like vancouver or london cool all right and uh what is a cause that you care about all of them <laughs> so um i'm a huge feminist I, I worked for the obama campaign so i'm big on like criminal justice reform and gun control and gender pay gaps and abortion rights and if all you right, want to talk right. to me, i am your girl <laughs> <laughs> you do love a good cause <laughs> okay well let's uh real quick talk about where people can find you online and um yeah. a little bit about seven and seven as well yeah well seven and seven is uh, my passion project we're an all-volunteer team so it's like our baby and um you can find that online at seven and seven co everywhere or seven and seven dot co and i'm at kit whalen everywhere so that makes it really easy to find me um, mm -hmm. probably most active on twitter or instagram um but fair warning i do do political rants on twitter so only follow if you're okay with it <laughs> you have to know what you're getting into if you follow kit whalen you do you do <laughs> i love it and um i i mean i just really really enjoy seven and seven i have gone for the first two years and i will be there this year in, uh, and you've already put down your deposit for year seven in Antarctica. You were the first did. one. So if you're listening yeah. to this and you want to go to Antarctica at some point, you definitely need to just like start thinking about it right now. Come with us in what year is it? 2022. 2022. Like there's a lot of time for you to, to pay that thing off. 
And uh, you should come with us for seven and seven. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I cannot wait. I'm uh, interviewing Heather this afternoon, actually, as well. Yes, Heather is planning the Antarctica year for us. She is the most badass person I know. I know, I'm so company. excited. I, like I just literally, adore her. I literally scheduled, because I have so many interviews today, I scheduled a nap uh, before Heather's interview so that I can, like, you know, like, totally do it. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah, she's amazing. Side note, that's Antarctica. <laughs> um, so good to have you. Kit, I love talking to you. I'll talk to you again probably really soon. But it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me back. It's been a blast. Thanks for tuning in today. If you love Nomad Me, make sure to leave your good review on iTunes. Every week I select a reviewer to win a lifetime Nomad Fly membership for free. All the show notes can be found at digitalnomad.me. See you tomorrow.